You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. All right, uh, Pete Weatherburn is here. You know Pete. Pete is our vet. In fact, he's our local vet to East Coast because he's uh, at the Bray Veterinary uh, Clinic and Hospital there on Old Connor. And uh, he works away with other people who do most of the work while Pete is with us here uh, at East Coast. You're very welcome, Pete. Welcome back from your holidays. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a busy, a busy morning at the practice today, actually. Yeah. What Just sort of problems in? Well, I mean, every day there's something different and interesting. So, the last couple of weeks, some of the things I've been seeing have been dogs with lungworm. Lungworm is quite a new parasite. We didn't used to see it, um, but it's now, with climate change, it's become more and more common. And it's, um, I think climate change, the weather is warmer, so there's more slugs and snails around, and they carry it. And as well as that, um, pets travel more than they used to. They move around more than they used to with people. And that means that diseases like lungworm spread more quickly. It's funny, just cause, just got a text in about slugs. My dog is taking uh, what I feel is an unhealthy interest in uh, snails in the back garden. Well, it, sl- it, snails it, and slugs are the same thing. It, yes, um, mollusks and they or there's another name for them, gastropods or something, isn't there? I can't remember exactly. Anyway, they are dangerous to dogs because they carry a tiny parasite called lungworm. What lungworm does is that the slug or snail um, goes into the intestines and it's digested and then the little parasite moves through the intestinal wall into the dog's bloodstream, travels up, settles into the the blood vessels and the lungs around the heart um, and grows there and you start to get adult worms there and what they do is they irritate the lining of, of the lungs and the blood vessels and they start to cause disease. So a classic case I had last week was a little terrier and the owner had just noticed that he'd stopped wanting to go for walks the previous two days. It was okay otherwise, a little bit duller than normal, not quite himself, but just not wanting to exercise. So um, we suspected lungworm um, and gave treatment for lungworm, but also took what's called a pooled faeces sample. When I say pooled, I don't mean pulled out, I mean pooled, as in over three days, you've got a new poo sample every day for three days. And what you do is you mix it up, put it into a, a beaker um, of, a, of a solution, and you um, collect a sample of that and look at it under the microscope. And when we did that, we saw lungworm larvae. So we proved for sure that that's what was wrong with that little dog. Um, now, in a mild case of illness, lungworm will just cause, um, like I say, unwillingness to exercise, dullness, sometimes coughing a bit and that's treated very simply with, with, with a special treatment for lungworm but the real worry is that long, what lungworm also does at the same time is it stops the blood from clotting and um, uh, I've come across two cases in the last few years of dogs that died suddenly overnight with no prior warning at all and it was only on the post-mortem um, because the owner was kind of going well what an earth happened to my healthy young dog how did they suddenly die overnight so post-mortems were done and what they found was that the dogs had died of a brain hemorrhage and as well as dying of a brain hemorrhage they found evidence of lungworm so what had happened in each case was the lung lungworm had been in the lungs not causing a big problem at all not causing a particular cough or dullness or anything just been sitting there in the lungs and And while they were sitting there, they produced chemicals that stopped the blood from clotting, and that had then led to the brain hemorrhage, which had caused the dog to die. Oh, that's terrible. It was terrible, absolutely terrible. So, 
for that reason, um, longworm have been have been on. on increasingly on the radar for vets um, and our job really is to warn people about that risk. Now the risk is still relatively low. Do dogs, you mean, the dogs that are this uh, texter in presumably putting the dog in the back garden to do wee or something like that uh, and um, probably at night, don't the slugs come out at well, night? Or, yeah, I mean... And, and would they eat one? Like, Oh, they love eating them. They don't need garlic in their snails to make them tasty. They like, they taste like protein. Seriously? Yeah, they like eating them. And as well as, as well as the obvious one like that case so you can have dogs that like chewing grass and when they eat grass there's often tiny slugs and snails on the grass blades that they swallow as well as that if a, if a slug or a snail is in a puddle of water what happens is as their body kind of gets decomposed after they've died the little lungworm larvae are released into the puddle of water oh, this dog... is getting worse Pete yeah it is, it is. and as well as that um, if you have dog toys or dog bowls in the garden often slugs like to crawl onto them and then the dogs again eat the slugs and snails in that way but listen if you know that your dog has a predilection for eating slugs and snails like that or for or chewing grass or any of those things then you should use a once a month treatment against lungworm and if you do that you can be sure your dog won't get this disease and you can do that in one of two ways you can use a spot-on product that's applied to the back of the neck um, or you can give a once monthly tablet. Either of those will do the trick for you. And often people will combine that with a flea control, flea and tick control product at the same time. So they're dealing with all parasites with a once with a once a month treatment. So that's what to do if you feel your dog is at risk. If your dog, if you don't think your dog ever eats slugs or snails and just, you know, um, doesn't eat grass and all that sort of stuff, then just the routine worming as all dogs should have once every three months, will be enough to to provide some sort of uh, right. level of control of, of lungworm, so stop any any big infection developing, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, so, goodness, there's say, a lot out there. Yeah. I'd always say talk to your vet about these things, because your vet knows your dog, and you can explain your dog's lifestyle to the owner, uh, to the vet, and they'll be able to, to, to put you right, you know? Because we used to kind of have catch-all treatments or recommendations for all pets but we now recognize you know a dog that spends most of his day out in a back garden compared to a dog who lives in an apartment and is only exercised on tarmac they have completely different lifestyles and you should should adapt um, anti-parasite recommendations accordingly Mm. Mm. Yesterday on the programme, we were talking to uh, a person you might know in the Greater Bray area, Caroline Burrell. Ah, yes. And uh, Caroline was defending uh, the behaviour of dogs and talking about bad owners and good dogs mm. and uh, mm. saying uh, that uh, she didn't believe uh, fully in muzzling uh, particular breeds of dogs just based on their breed. And this was in reaction to, to journalists who were talking about uh, that these dogs, especially in light of what happened in, to the lady in Galway, mm. should be muzzled and controlled and not out in the street and whatever uh, the view was but it was a very you know what many people would say is a very sensible approach to um, not letting instances like this happen but Caroline on the other hand was saying you know it's uh, it's it's a bit over the top to muzzle dogs I'd and be, it puts I'd, fear into people I'd be completely with Caroline on that if you think about it the incident that happened in Galway um, well the, the, the dogs were in private property and I mean it would have made any leg no legislation would have made any difference to that situation at all. So um, the legislation is only there as a kind of way of trying to re reassure um, the nervous public. But it doesn't work, actually. In fact, it can make things worse. Well, you know that the restricted breeds, and there's a whole bunch of them, like that include Staffordshire Bull Terriers and Boxer, um, um, Rottweilers and German Shepherds, they have to be muzzled in public. Um, and they have to be kept in a short leash. And of course... You rarely see them 
muzzled in public, first of all. And if any dog you see muzzled in public, does that reassure people? I think it has quite the reverse effect. People cross the road if there's a dog with a muzzle coming towards them. People presume that if a dog's wearing a muzzle, therefore it's dangerous. It isn't the case at all. So the law definitely needs to be changed. But the thing is, until there's a good alternative, I think the powers that be will be reluctant to change it because it, um, the current law where, where some dogs have to wear a muzzle is useful because there are occasional individuals who use breeds like this as weapons and they can intimidate people in a, in a, in a frightening way if they're allowed to. So at the very least the law means that um, the, the, the authorities are able to go up to somebody like that and say, listen, enough of that, you put a muzzle on your dog or we're going to seize it. And, you know, and they, it does give them a, a way of controlling the worst cases like this. All right, but anyway, that's the controversy we had yesterday. Mm. Um, you want to mention that um, you want, you know, to warn employers if they they love dogs and they want to allow their their employees bring in their own dogs into work. That'll be poo on the carpet uh, next <laughs> next um, no, next won't. Friday. Next Friday, twenty third of June <laughs> is National Bring Your Dog to Work Day. So, Declan, next week I'm hoping to see your little dog sitting there beside you. Um, presenting the radio show. Um, do a better job. Dogs at work make people more sociable, they, they enjoy their day more, they feel less stressed, and there's loads of benefits. So, obviously, you need to bring the right dog to the right workplace, but it's possible, and I think in Ireland, we're way too protective of, of our... Um, of our workplaces and, and public spaces in the sense that we try to exclude dogs, whereas most dogs are gentle, good-natured creatures who only bring pleasure. And we should have more of them around, not less of them around. To work, though. Where are you yes. going with your to work? <laughs> Listen, say. you're sitting... A dog's, a dog's place is in the work. Yes, dog, definitely. Dog will sit there beside you. They will not. be bored out of its tree. Desk. No, you give them something. You take them for a walk beforehand. They just want to snooze. Like they dogs snooze don't go onto home. Facebook, you know. Uh-huh. Dogs don't go onto Facebook. <laughs> Some do. Some do. Uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I, um, Dogs Trust is promoting this thing in, 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 in Ireland, bringing your dog to work day. If you go to the Dogs Trust website, dogstrust.ie, you'll, you'll be able to register there and they'll even send you a bring your dog to work day pack um, with guidelines for employers as to how to, how to let this happen um, without causing any disruption to, to anybody else. Okay, fair enough. But you're in favour of it? Definitely. I'm going to bring my little dog, Kiko, when I come into work on East Coast next Friday morning. So I'll, I'll really? meet her there. Is that a threat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's a lovely little dog. You like good. her. Okay, You'll so like that's her. next Friday anyway. So. That's next Friday, 23rd of June. And uh, details from Dogs Trust. Indeed. Excellent. Pete, where the burn, our vet there. And Pete has a website. Actually, it's called petethevet.com. And he puts all sorts of his broadcasts up and his plugs his book up there as well. What's the book called? Pet Subjects. Pet Subjects. Um, tales from. Tales, pets really? Life. Yeah. Tales. Yeah. Stories. Stories about pets. Very good. Okay, yeah. you must come in. Did were you in when I was away uh, talking about that? Um, I'm not sure if I was, Declan. It's been a little while. It's been out now, but I, prob I think I was talking to somebody else who was in your seat when you were off gallivanting. Um, but I haven't talked to you about it, so let's do that another week. That'll be fun. Oh yeah, you've just inveigled your way into the show. Okay, <laughs> very good. Pete the vet there, Pete Weatherburn, our vet from Brave Vet in Old Connor. Thanks very much indeed, Pete. Thank you.